give it a second to log on here. Hopefully everybody's having a great day. I am psychic medium Miss Sarah Harvey. Give you guys a second to jump on. Okay. Let me get my chat on here so I can see what's going on in the group. There, now I can see the comments. Hi, you guys. Hi, Christina. Hi, Renee. Is it freezing? It looks like it's all right from my end. If it continues to do that, hi, Caitlin. If it continues to do that, then I will jump on my phone instead. Okay, perfect. Thank you, Christina. So I hope everybody's having a great holiday season. I wanted to go over with you guys uh, how to get into the holiday spirit for empaths. And uh, this is a really important uh, topic for me because I actually had a relative that passed away recently. So I'll kind of talk to you guys about that because that's why I chose this topic. Um, and at the end of the or at the end of our live then I'm actually going to give away a hematite stone this is a heart it's really pretty and an amethyst and a lapis lazuli a little heart too so for all the empaths I'm actually an empath as well and I see it defined different ways online and I actually, I have the group Exploring Claire Audience and all the other eight Claires, and so it's something that I've, I've done a lot of research on, and learning that I was Claire Empathic, I decided that I should probably know more about it and how to control it. So that's why I'm talking about this to you guys today. So to me, um, an empath and a Claire Empathic are the same thing. And so I wanted to talk to you guys about that and kind of talk to you guys about how it's kind of changed on social media, what we read about it and all that. So the holiday season can be especially stressful, excuse me, I got something in my eye, especially stressful for empaths um, because there's projected feelings from other people, they come onto us and we feel them like they're our own. And so there are other reasons for this, sensory overload, a loss of a loved one, uh, the social expectation of giving gifts uh, decorating and possibly cooking and cleaning if you guys are doing that for your family. I know in Iowa here we have a um, we have a limit to how many people we can actually have at a uh, holiday function or holiday party. And so I'm sure it's that way around the United States as well. So that's another reason I thought this would be a good topic to cover. And so I'm going to share with you guys why I chose this topic and I actually I checked with my relatives to make sure it was all right to share this story because it's really uh, deeply personal obviously I'm not going to say her name or anything like that but a few months ago my aunt uh, caught COVID and overall she was pretty healthy and before she caught 
the COVID virus, she was she, she was healthy. So she was in the hospital hospital for about three weeks, and after about two weeks in the hospital, her immediate family could finally um, come visit her, and they had to have masks on, they had to have uh, gloves on, and that kind of thing, and they could only actually go in one person at a time, and that was something that was really devastating to them and they because they didn't actually get to say goodbye like we would outside of this um, pandemic and she actually turned 59 while she was in the hospital for those three weeks so she wasn't very old and her body slowly as those three weeks passed uh, she kept her body kept um, shutting down slowly organ after organ and so in the last few days of her being in the hospital, she was actually um, she was actually basically just living on the machines. And so her daughters and her husband decided that at that time, because she was only living on the machines, uh, that it was time to um, take her off the machines. And she did pass away. So I'm telling you guys this for a couple of reasons. And I, when I wrote this, I have to tell you, I like bawled like a baby because I'm an empath too. Um, but I'm telling you this story for a couple of reasons. The first is that I, I didn't know how bad she was a few days prior to her passing because when my family was updating us, it was a lot of medical terms that they were using and that kind of thing. And so uh, basically for the very first time, I received a clear audience, clear empathic message. And I'm an, a psychic medium I'm a psychic medium, and so I'm used to getting uh, empathic or clear empathic uh, feelings projected on me from people who've passed away. And I get it from people that are living as well. I know some people don't get it from people who've passed away, but when I'm doing readings a lot of the time, and a lot of you guys probably do know what that's like to give a reading and you're getting the spirit's emotions projected on you, that's, clear empath that's a clear empathic person or an empath. So that's why that happens. I think a lot of people get clairsentience and clairempathy kind of mixed up. Clairsentience is actually a clear psychic physical feeling. So like when you get a gut ache or um, you get a headache when something's wrong with someone, that is clairsentience. Where clairempathy clear or being empathic, that's a clear psychic emotional feeling. So that's when uh, others are projecting their, and it's not intentional, obviously, most of the time, but they're projecting their feelings or emotions onto you. That could be a living person, could be your animals, it could be a spirit. It's just a projection of emotion onto you. So a few days before my aunt passed, she actually, um, yeah, Christina says, I do me only do mediumship about once per year because it can be really draining. It really is, too. Anybody that does that, they... It can be, you run into some strange stuff every once in a while. So uh, she actually, my aunt gave me a message about three days before she passed away. And that was the very first time I'd ever received a message from someone who I thought was living, if that makes sense. And I don't get, I don't have like telepathy or anything like that. Um, so my psychic senses are more in the clairs. So when this happened, I was it was really strange to me because she was actually, in my opinion, in my thoughts, like she was actually living. And then when I got this message from her telling her daughters a couple things, I actually, I waited on that information until about three months later. And I finally told my cousin, because she's like my best friend. 
And I told her, I was like, your mom sent me a message and I'm supposed to tell you, but I was waiting to tell you because I didn't want to upset you. And so I told her, and what she told me is that uh, about two or three days <clears throat> prior to her mom passing, that she had went to visit her and she said that it was almost like she wasn't there, like it was just her body and that's it, right? And so that kind of gave me the clarification that that it was basically her in spirit. I just want to share that with you guys because that's, that's the first reason that I shared that story with you because it was just an experience for me that I hadn't had before and it came clairaudiently and clairempathically. So you, any of you guys that have clair empathy that you can communicate with spirit, you'll, it, it is draining. It can be kind of strange at first when you feel the, their emotions. So the other reason I'm telling you this story is that my cousin is actually an empath as well. And so that caused a lot of mixed emotions. The whole, whole situation did for me, but this, the, her being an empath, um, when I talked to her, uh, I, and I talk to her often every other day at least. And so uh, she struggled a lot this holiday season. And one of the things that I noticed or that she was communicating to me was for Thanksgiving, she was going to make some of her mom's recipes. And she told me that she she was worried how it'd turn out because uh, she didn't know if she could make it like her mom. And so I'm saying this to you guys because I know that some people have had losses during this holiday season, especially with COVID. Um, and so saying that uh, it, she is dealing with that in a different way than another person would or you know somebody that wasn't empathic or wasn't an empath she's dealing with it a little bit harder because she's actually taking on other people's emotions and when I asked her about it I actually asked her earlier today I was like can I share your story if not I can replace it with something else about my own personal story and she said no that's perfectly fine i just want you to know that you know i'm glad that you messaged me and stuff like that my mom passed away 2008 so i know what she's going through but uh with her she actually said to me earlier today that one of the things that she's noticed is the people that would come to her you know if you're an empath people come to you for advice and want to talk because you're a good listener those types of things um even strangers sometimes you know want advice so uh, with her, she said she's noticed that all those people that were around when she was strong, now they're not around. And so that's something that, especially as an empath, you notice those things and sometimes get insecure about those things. So I just wanted to share that with you guys so that you know that there are other people that are going through that type of thing and the projected emotions can be overwhelming. So I'm going to teach you guys a, a few things about how to deal with that too. So some of you are asking what an empath is, because if you're on here, you probably do know what an empath is. Um, Christina says, did you hear the message in her voice or was it more like from your spirit guides or from her guides to you? It was actually in her voice and she has a really dis distinct voice. And so uh, that was interesting to me. So um, there are eight clear senses that we talk about in the group that I have. Uh, one is clear empathy, which is clear uh, psychic emotional feeling. Then we have clear sentience, that's clear psychic physical feeling. There's clairvoyance, that's clear psychic seeing. So you might see in your third eye. Um, I always see when I see spirit, I always see on my left side for some reason. Um, but you might see it with your third eye, you might see it externally. 
So then we have claircognizance and that's clear psychic knowing. So that's basically like you know something and you have no clue why. Um, then we have clairaudience. And I actually am primarily clairaudient. It's clear psychic hearing. And some of the, th the reasons why people don't know if they have clairaudience are that uh, it kind of sounds like your own internal voice sometimes. And some people think they're going crazy if they have uh, sensory overload and they have clairaudience. So um, it sounds like your, your inner voice, but some of the differentiations that you can make are it'll either be, it could be an accent. Uh, the information that's being shared is nothing that you would know for any reason. Um, and it could be words that you don't normally use. Caitlin says, I'm clairaudient and claircognizant. Yeah, and so a lot of people, if they have one clair, they have another. And even if they don't consider themselves, um, I'll kind of go through these because there's eight of them. But even though you don't consider yourself like clairgustant, you might experience those things. So then we have clear tangency. This is clear psychic touching. So you see on movies sometimes, and I know I, I have, there's a lot of people in our group that have clear tangency. Like if you touch an object, like I have a crystal here, you touch an object and you can tell the history of it or things about it, maybe a previous owner. Um, I see, I've seen that a lot in movies. I personally don't experience that, uh, but I know a lot of people that do. Then we have clear salience. So this is clear psychic smelling. And <laughs> Renee says she likes eclairs. <laughs> That's funny. Uh, so clairsalience is clear psychic smelling. So you might experience this like a cigar, cigar smoke. A lot of people talk about um, from somebody that's passed away, a pipe smoke. Uh, maybe it's their grandfather that passed away. Sometimes it's uh, the smell of a candle or the smell of perfume. Uh, and that type of thing it doesn't seem to happen. Like I, I don't really know anybody that only considers themselves clairsalient, um, but it is something that people experience. Renee says she's clairsalient. So what kind of smells did you, or do you experience, Renee? Um, and then the, the last one, the eighth one is clairgustant, and that's clear psychic tasting. And this would be like you tasted cinnamon and you haven't had something cinnamon today. Um, that's probably the least common one out of all the eight psychic senses or eight clear senses I would say the most common one is clear empathy and I think it's a kind of a common term nowadays that they say that they use as empath and so the other types of psychic gifts um, I mean there are other psychic gifts as well like telepathy those types of things but um, I'm not going to talk about those today. Renee says she gets the smell of perfumes and cigars. That's, and are they, are they, these smells, Renee, are they um, from anyone in particular that you know? Maybe that somebody that's passed? In certain food scents, cigarettes, yeah. Those are probably some of the more common smells. But I don't think clairsalience is all that common, really. So it's, it's kind of cool that you experience that and that you know that's what it is. So the clairgustance is clear tasting. So those um, are just some of the psychic senses, the clairs. So throughout time, um, people have, that are empath, clear empathic started to refer to themselves as empaths. I'm not exactly sure when that change occurred, but what I do know is clear empathy uh, People have been aware that clairempathy or empaths exist for thousands of years. And even with clairaudience, if you look in the Bible, they actually refer to different things. Um, 
refer to different things that make you assume that maybe somebody is having a clear audience experience. But I'm not going to go too far into that. So, and I kind of think empath is almost taken like a psychological diagnosis at this point, and it's kind of strange. I, when I was doing research, that's kind of what I've what I kind of gathered. So I am going to talk about it in a clearly psychic sense. So I'm going to ask you guys 15 questions to help you identify if you're an empath. And if you answer yes to at least 10, hi Jaden. Uh, if you answer yes to at least 10 of these, you're probably clarempathic. So I'll try to go a little slow so you guys can, I mean, you can write down your answers if you have a piece of paper, but, or counts on your fingers. So the first is going to be, do you often feel emotions of others as if they were your own? Okay, the second one is, are you easily overwhelmed or anxious in large crowds? You guys don't have to answer these on the feed if you don't want to. You can if you like. Third one is, can you sense when other people are lying to you? I've heard people refer to clairempathic people as lie detectors, human lie detectors. So can you sense when people are lying to you? Number four is, can you easily pick up on energy or vibrations of others? Number five is, does conflict give you anxiety? My glasses were shining the light off of them, but it's easier for me to read. Okay, so number six is, would you consider yourself intuitive? Number seven is, do you often need time alone to emotionally recharge? Um, so Estella's asking, why does conflict cause anxiety? For uh, some empaths, it does. I know, um, I guess with myself, it kind of depends on the situation whether it does. Obviously, it doesn't with I have my kids are very energetic and that doesn't really cause me anxiety most of the time but you know they wrestle around and fight those types of things but some people who have who are empathic have anxiety when it comes to conflict so number eight is do you worry about other people's problems more than you should number eight is or excuse me, number nine is when watching a TV or movie, do you feel the character's emotions as if they were your own? And I hope he doesn't uh, mind me sharing this, but Jaden was actually in the set of, or the uh, extra in the set of uh, 13 Reasons Why. And just kind of a sidebar, 13 Reasons Why was one show that I watched, and I liked the show, but it almost made me feel like, strangely depressed after watching it. I don't know if any of you guys have watched that before. 
but that's the kind of emotion that I'm talking about. So like, um, especially you'll notice it, especially with like sad or depressing type movies or TV shows. Um, and then we have 10. Do people often ask you for advice or share personal things with you? Some of the people I know are going to really like number 11. Do you treat your hu your pets like humans? <laughs> yeah, Caitlin says, I, I won't watch it. I've heard how bad it is, and I don't have the energy for that. I, I loved it. I mean, watching it, it really gives you perspective on depression and those types of things but it really is hard to watch if you're an empath <laughs> estella says maleficent got me today it always gets me okay now we have number 12 do you put others needs before your own <laughs> Caitlin says they are people too. I talk to my cats and it's really funny. My dog too. My dog's a little unhappy with me right now because her nails are long. So when she walks across my kitchen, this is actually my office is in my kitchen so I can keep track of my kids when they're home. Uh, they, they're at their grandpa's today, but uh, I sent them so I could do this live. But I stuck the dog outside because she taps across my kitchen floor with her little nails and she likes to come in and visit me and check on me from the living room and so uh, i had to put her outside so she's not enthused with me right now but my cats um i know in the group in, in my group that or the group that i am the admin of we talk a lot about our animals or pictures of our animals and stuff and it seems like a lot of people have my cats are probably upstairs but a lot of people have uh cats it seems like that uh the majority of the people that shared their pet photos, I think a lot of them were cats, which is funny to me because mine are two boys and they wrestle around. But um, so number 13 is, do you worry, do you often worry about what others think of you? This next one's a big one for me. Number 14 is, does watching the news cause you to become stressed? Personally, I do not watch the news in the morning. Sometimes my boyfriend likes to in the afternoon after he gets home, and I go find something else to do while he's doing that. I did watch the election, and it was, like, I don't, whoever you vote for, that's not even, like, my, my thing with the election. Just every single election it seems like they like are attacking each other. And I don't know if anyone else, you are, you guys are most, most all of you are probably empaths. So did that, whenever there's an election, do you find yourself like getting like stressed out because of the commercials and that kind of stuff? I feel like they're constantly attacking each other, no matter who it is, right? Like our um, state people and all that stuff. I feel that's why I get overwhelmed. I'm always happy. Renee says, I gave up the news 17 years ago. I probably realized about 10 years ago that I couldn't watch the news. And 
you know, a lot of people start their day off with the news and statistically, I don't know where I found this statistic, but I read it somewhere that uh, statistically people are, are more depressed when they watch the news in the morning. So then we have, so I said, uh, what, do we watch the news? Okay, so 15, do you prefer deep conversations over small talk? Most of you probably got over 10 of them, I'm sure. Yeah, I, I kind of do that to Kristen. Kristen says, I follow the news, but I have to go to independent sources and, and avoid mainstream media. I just like whenever I'm watching YouTube or listening to the radio, it seems like they're just attacking one another and I just, or it's negative news or, and I understand that negative news is what kind of sells the news and why people watch it. But even like the, um, like in Iowa, and I'm sure where you guys, each one of you guys in your different states probably or areas in the United States, you know, we were having all those um, protests and even watching that like was just too much for me. <laughs> Jaden says, I was talking to my best friend about how I don't do well with small talk. Isn't it kind of odd? Like, does anyone else feel like really strange when they are like have to engage in small talk? I think that's kind of, I do, I do. I'm just kind of like, okay. So my, my boyfriend is a farmer and he knows a lot of people. So whenever we go out, he's constantly talking to people and that's kind of what they do. How is it? Everybody asks the same question when they first see him when he's out of the field. So y'all done with the field work? And I'm just like, I find something like with my phone to do or whatever, you know, cause excuse me, he could chat forever. He's a lot more social than I am. So we go out to like a local restaurant bar that's just a few miles away from our house. And if it weren't for him, I would probably eat in a lot because I get overwhelmed. Do any of you get over like in places like that? I know I hear a lot of people say they get overwhelmed at like Walmart. Um, but when you think of like a restaurant or a bar type of setting, do you guys get overwhelmed in places like that? I didn't even realize I did until probably, and this sounds really odd, because I knew I was overwhelmed in Walmart, but I didn't realize I was getting overwhelmed in uh, like uh, the restaurant bar when we would go there. And I, I actually worked as a bartender there. And then afterward, when I'd sit in there, sometimes if it was really loud, I'd just get really overwhelmed. And I think with people, with, with your empathic abilities, not only are you taking on their emotions, like if people are being negative, and you know some people that go to the bar on a regular basis, a lot of, sometimes they're negative or say the same thing, um, or complaining, not to be, I guess, I just kind of noticed that, I guess. Alcohol causes depression, everybody knows that. So, um, but I, I kind of noticed that with the Claire audience and the Claire empathy, that it was, it again, like gets really overwhelming because you can hear things too. Uh, Christina says, I avoid crowds constantly, delivery for everything. I I wish I could do that, but I live in the country. So we can't have delivery for everything. I should probably start getting my groceries delivered. But I live next to a small town, so the most for the most part, like if I go into a store, it's like uh, the dollar store 
those types of things, my boyfriend always asks, why do you go there? Because there's not a lot of people. Kirsten says, I have to smudge or do energy clearing when I get home. Christina says, I miss Walmart being open at 2 a.m. or 3 a.m. Yeah, then everything's closed. I think in Iowa at like 2 a.m., they switch out their cashiers. And we're finally getting to where we have the majority of, or not the majority, about half of our registers in Fort Dodge, Iowa are, um, are the self-checkouts. And people love and hate those, but it's, I try to go to those just because I can do it fast and get out of there. Um, so when people, Christina and I, when we did, um, we did that training together on our live, um, I think it was September when we did that, we kind of talked about that. And, uh, we, one of us, I can't remember who brought it up, but one of us joked about, um, I said, if you see me in Walmart and I'm, I'm in my sweatpants, just go the other way. Well, the funny thing about that is, one, yes, sometimes I wear, well, I wear yoga pants all the time, I suppose. They're black yoga pants. It's kind of my thing now. Um, but when I go into Walmart, if I see somebody that I know, I am like, hi, bye, and I keep moving. And I just try to let people know that when you see me there, like, I'm ex experiencing, like, extreme anxiety sometimes. So... Yeah, that's why I'm kind of like, hi, bye. So it's just too much chatter for me. So one of the things I wanted to talk about is that empaths often tend to attract narcissists into their lives because of their strong desire to help others. And this is something I don't think people talk about enough. One of the things that I, as I was sitting here, sitting here uh, creating this, this live, uh, the content for it and all that, I realized at some point that narcissists are almost exactly the opposite of empaths. Like, their uh, characteristics are pretty much exactly the opposite. And when we think about opposites attract, that could be a scary thing, right? So I want to talk about narcissists because I feel like that's a big part of the holiday season when we have to get together with maybe family that we haven't been around in a long time or if it's just somebody that just drains your energy. I feel like that's a topic that we need to talk about. So uh, narcissists, they're going to take full advantage of impacts until they're completely emotionally drained. Um, identifying these people in your life and limiting the time you spend with them is important to your mental and emotional well-being. And a nurse, and I told you, a narcissist is, is typically the polar opposite of an empath. So these are some, some, yeah. So there's some people saying, yeah, they have, yeah. And I've, I've personally uh, dated an empath for, or excuse me, a narcissist for quite a while. And uh, sometimes it's even as bad as them being, uh, you know, abusive and. I was reading through a lot of the traits, and one of the things that is not on my list, um, what is it, gaslighting. Gaslighting is not on my list, but that was something that I noticed a lot, is that it was like uh, pulling the blanket out from underneath you, or the rug out from underneath you, I guess the saying is. So here's some, here's some uh, indicators or traits of a narcissist. There's 10 traits. They'll exploit others for personal gain. They have intense mood swings. They're arrogant. They see others as objects. They have a lack of empathy. 
They do not respect boundaries. They do not accept responsibility for their actions. They make you feel like your feelings aren't valid. They intentionally sabotage relationships and they provoke others. I wanted to talk to you guys about that because we seem as empaths to attract people like that because as, and I'm, I might be more of a talker than a listener. Most empaths are good listeners. I've learned to be more of a listener in my older years. Um, so when I was young, I would talk before I would listen. And somebody told me once that God gave me one mouth and two ears for a reason. So I learned to listen better. But um, these things, the reason you're attracting, if you attract narcissists in your life, the reason you're attracting them is because you're giving them what they want by putting them first and by, um, you know, you feel sorry for people like that. I can't be the only one that thinks that. Like, you feel sorry for people like that, so you just give them chance after chance after chance after chance until you have no emotional energy left to give them, and then they obviously aren't that happy. So, an empath, or excuse me, a narcissist can cause an empath a lot of emotion, emotional stress and learning to help the emotional stress is going to decrease the possibility of your emotional stress turning into depression or anxiety. So just all around for the holiday season, I think that's something that you know we have to be aware of. Uh, so because of the emotional sensitivity that empaths experience, they may also be at higher risk for drug and alcohol addiction. And I think that now this is the thing about like the bar and being it being a uh, overwhelming what I noticed is that when I'd go to the bar I would sit and drink because I for me I don't know about any of you guys this is my own personal experience uh drinking alcohol actually shuts off my abilities for the most part like it stopped it, it kind of slows my clear audience down and so I noticed whenever I was at that bar and I still go there but whenever I'm there I have to be aware of the fact that I'm that I'm trying to like slow that down for myself so just kind of uh, something to be aware of so uh, practicing stress stress management techniques will help you as an empath reduce health risks that come along with long-term emotional or intense emotional stress so I recommend that as an empath you practice yeah Christina says any type of self-medicating food or shopping um, so I recommend as an empath that you practice stress, stress management techniques regularly, regularly so you can actually, instead of combating it after you have the stress, you can pre prevent the stress or overwhelm from even becoming an issue. So one of the first stress management techniques that I want to share with you guys is connecting with nature as often as you can. As empaths, we, uh, see, we connect with nature in a way that most people don't. And it's almost, a, it is, it's a spiritual thing for us. I think I, I think most of you probably feel that way. When you're in nature, when you're in, nature is probably most, for most of you, it's probably your happy place, I'm guessing. Whether it be the mountains or the ocean or whatever it may be. So, uh, it, as an empath, you should spend as much time as you can in nature if you're feeling like you're going to be in a situation where you're going to be overwhelmed. Um, so, uh, Draw, uh, connecting with nature too it, it does involve like water apparently um, water is something that uh, and I guess I never realized it before but my happy place is the ocean but water is um, is something that empaths connect with 
um, on a higher level. So this could mean drawing yourself a bath, which I know is some a stress technique that a lot of people talk about. Uh, but visiting an ocean or a river, even the sound of the water flowing uh, can be really relaxing. Just sitting by the river. I know some places it's cold. In Iowa here it's cold, but still the water's still flowing, you know. So that's a always a nice thing to be able to experience if you know you're going to have a party or holiday or things like that. So, and the flow of water helps release the negative energy, basically. So, as empaths, we have this problem with saying no to people. Um, this can cause more stress during the holiday season because um, you, a lot of the time we take on more than we can handle. So, I know it's difficult, but try not to take on more than you can handle. Um, practice saying no and setting boundaries. And people that, and I know, I think Christina, I think you have something that, has uh, talks about setting boundaries but setting boundaries i think like when i talk to a lot of my clients they have a difficult time setting boundaries initially and then once they've done it and they've i guess they trained like they're, an, they're animals or something but once the people in your life realize that you you're standing firm to your boundaries they're going to respect you if they're not a narcissist they're going to respect you more because of it. I know that I have a relative that's really like passive toward her husband. And finally, and I was talking to her the other day and she said, finally, I told him that I've had enough of doing everything by myself. I don't know if you guys, so I was happy that she like, you know, set her, she set her boundary. Um, but I had seen some commercial or some, I don't know, some meme on Facebook the other day that said, uh, it was the woman and she's, oh, it's TikTok. The woman says, or the man says, you're home all day. How come the house isn't clean? And she says, well, you're at work all day. How come we're not millionaires? I thought that was cute. So uh, practicing saying no and setting boundaries is important. So, and once you get past the initial, um, the initial, you know, beginning of setting the boundaries it might be scary at first for you or you might feel like people are going to like reject it but the truth is is that they're going to respect you more for it that's just how people work you know you think about and I get this from like old movies or whatever even from school when you're young when somebody stands up to the bully half the time a, a large percentage of the time the bully is shocked and will will back down and that's just the I guess in my mind that's the same idea with setting boundaries when you set that boundary people may be shocked at first but then they're like okay I can't push this person around so setting boundaries initially for an empath is important because then you don't have to feel bad or kick or you know it's kind of like over over promising in the holidays I can make all this food and then when you're actually doing it you're regretting volunteering yourself so that's just kind of, it's good to set boundaries in that way. You're going to be a lot happier in your life if you do. So, and everything, another thing that I notice is, it just in general, is that people, especially during the holiday season, we want everything to be perfect and everything to turn out. Uh, this also is the same for like weddings. And I see a lot of young brides and it's it's funny to me because I remember when I was that way but you have you ever watched like bridezilla those types of things 
Those people want things so perfect that if they go back and they try to remember that event, the only thing they're going to remember is how unhappy they were about the little stuff that didn't turn out. And they forget to look at all the good stuff that came of it. And so I actually, there's another article I read that said something to the effect of 70% of adult conversation is complaining. Is that, and I'd have to look at it for updated stats, but that's, that's incredible. 70% of our conversation is complaining. And so the first time I ever heard that, I tried to spend all day long, you guys should try this because it's a really, um, you'll notice, I mean, even if you don't complain a lot, you'll notice those points that you want to complain and you'll kind of realize that, you know, just something new about yourself, right? I spent all day like stopping myself from complaining and I I was just like, that's different. And it, I mean, I felt good about it, but um, yeah, I spent all day not complaining, which was an interesting uh, exercise. So, you know, if you're in traffic and things like that, you, anybody that lives in a big city knows the traffic thing. So um, the day before you start, well, oh, Take time to be silent and think about all the things that you have to be thankful in life about. So I would do this before you actually have your, I mean, for those of you who are having holiday, you know, get together during the holiday, this is something I would do the day before you have to actually start preparing things. So like I'm having my Christmas um, at my house and I don't try to keep the house too clean. We all, my family, my brother has three little kids and so I don't even, like, this sounds terrible, but I have uh, solid, or I have uh, wood floors, some of them are wood floors, so I don't sweep those, I just leave them the way they are because they're going to come in with their shoes on anyway. So those little things that you can let go of and that you can be alright with, uh, that's going to be a lot easier on you. Um, so the day before you start preparing for the big event, take some time to be alone. Um, I know as empaths, when we're around too many people constantly, it's draining. And you'll notice that if you, and any of you ever spent like a vacation with a house full of people? I'm curious, because I did that this summer and I thought I was going to lose my mind. I wasn't mentally or emotionally prepared with, because it was actually like, it was in Florida and it was a double, two houses. It was for a wedding and so most of the people were people that I didn't know. And so we had probably four, nine, ten families in this all together in these two houses. It was chaos, complete chaos. And I didn't realize how much my, like how empathic I really was <laughs> until I did that. Yeah, it's something you have to mentally prepare for, Kirsten. Uh, yeah, this was like a, um, my boyfriend was the best man for a wedding. And so I just, I was like, can we go stay in a hotel? Like I'm a little overwhelmed right now. So anyway, uh, some of the activities that you can do, um, to help you maintain balance are going to be to prepare ahead of time. So if you're going to spend all day, like with me, it's 26, I'm going to have my holiday. Uh, Christmas is going to be a day I prepare the Christmas Eve is going to be that day that I take that time and go outside, go for a walk, go for a drive by myself, 
and just kind of mentally prepare for what's to come. And then I would do that the day after too, just to have that emotional um, break for yourself. And so another technique that you can use that's helpful is grounding yourself. And I know a lot of you guys uh, know about that and you probably utilize it. That's what this hematite stone is for. These actually have magnetite qualities and holding them and having them around is supposed to help you ground yourself. And so uh, grounding yourself is a simple exercise for those of you that don't know. Uh, there are a lot of health benefits to grounding yourself. It's going to be, uh, some of them are reducing stress, reducing anxiety, uh, lowering your chances of depression. And you guys, can anybody guess how often you're supposed to ground yourself? What the recommended amount of time is and how often? I'm surprised the people in the group don't know this. We talked about it one time. Uh, in fact, I think I've talked about it more than once because I was shocked by the amount of time. So you're supposed to ground yourself at least 30 minutes a day and daily. Um, that is when the health benefits of grounding actually will come into play. So that's what studies are showing. Studies are showing that all the health benefits, Kirsten says two times per day. Jaden says two to three times a week. Yep, it's 30 minutes a day. And that's when the health benefits of grounding will come into play. And that, I'm not, it's online. So I got this, basically a study that said um, what health benefits there were and how long, how often they're supposed to do it. And I think you could break that up in a couple, you know, a couple times a day if you wanted to. I personally don't ground myself enough. Jaden says I'm way off. Uh, so... You can do the grounding work inside or outside. You guys might have your preference. You might hear other people say something different. I'm just going to tell you I like things simple. And I don't like to have like, like sometimes you watch people and they're like, you have to have this, 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 and this. I try to simplify it as much as I can. One of my cousins actually taught me a lot about the players and helped explain to me what some of them were and what I might have and all this stuff. Um, but she she actually does like spell work and that kind of thing and i uh, so i ask her a lot for tips and things like that and she basically tells me all the time just keep it simple we just keep it simple so i'm going to try to keep this this grounding very simple for you guys so you can do it inside or outside whatever your preference is depending on the weather maybe shoes or barefoot sitting standing or laying Whatever makes you feel comfortable. Because I know some people, if you have knee problems, you might not want to stand all that long. Those types of things. So in order to ground yourself, you gotta, you're going to want to imagine roots coming out of the lower half of your body and extending and growing from the lower half of your body, entering the earth. And then you should imagine your energy entering the earth's energy and the earth's ener energy entering you. So ground, grounding is important to clear your mind and to just be in the moment when you're doing it. Um, listen to the sounds around you. That's one of the biggest differences between grounding and meditating. <laughs> Christina says, do naps count? I hear a lot of people when I tell them, just ground yourself. They're like, I fell asleep when I tried grounding myself or meditating. But just being in the moment. The biggest difference between grounding and meditating is, is when you meditate, you're going to have an intention. When you're grounding yourself, you're there's no... the 
and your only job when you're grounding yourself is to completely free your mind of all your concerns, all your worries, and just literally be in the moment and feel the air around you, listen to sounds of nature, those types of things. And that that's all grounding is. And I know some of us don't get a whole lot of peace. That's It's supposed to give you that little bit of peace in a day that you need. So that's a little bit about grounding and that actually brings me into sensory overload. So whenever someone has sensory overload, the very first thing I always suggest to people is to do grounding work. And to surround yourself with things like hematite and to um, meditate, those types of things. But I actually have, a, there, there was someone in our group that was saying that, you know, I've done all that stuff, Sarah, what else can I do? And after thinking about it, I, I realized that it's quite a possibility by what she was explaining that she could have an overactive third eye, right? If she has sensory overload to that extent, it might just be overactive. And so there are different things that you can do for an overactive third eye chakra. And uh, I know that's kind of getting into the chakra thing. I'm not going to get into it too much. But basically, you're going to meditate to balance your third eye chakra. And um, that might be some a reason that you have sensory overload. And high levels of stress, so it's kind of like we went from stress management to sensory overload. When you don't manage your stress, sometimes you can get sensory overload because of that. Um, so sensory overload for an empath would be um, just hearing, like feeling way too emotional. Like letting somebody project their depression onto you or their anxiety onto you and it's staying. Like that would be sensory overload. And obviously I'm not a doctor, so if you have those issues definitely go to a doctor and see what they're, you know, what they have to say, um, or continue whatever medication, whatever the doctor tells you to do, do whatever the doctor tells you. But this is just a way that as empath can, uh, feel sensory overload. And so, and I want to share with you guys a, a guide because I'm going to start talking about goal setting. So I'm going to share with you guys a free guide and I actually have the link and I shared it in the in the notes, but I'm going to paste it right here too. Um, this is a, a guide to how to set your goals as an empath. And I know a lot of the time, uh, one of the biggest challenges for an empath in setting goals is that they're looking out for other people more often than themselves. They're helping others more often than they're helping themselves. So. I know that this year has been a hard year for a lot of people and we want to start to 2021 out in a way that we have a game plan and we know what we want to do and we know what we didn't want and I talk a little bit about that in the goal setting. Yeah, find out what you didn't like or what you don't feel or what you felt could have went better this year. The things you can control, right? what didn't go well this year and what you want to do better next year. If there's some goal that you have that you've always wanted to do, I encourage you guys to take a leap. I mean, this doesn't mean quit your job and go out like a gypsy. Um, <laughs> but uh, just try something new. Uh, have new experiences. Life is entirely too short to um, not do those things. So as an empath, 
your new experiences should be like the mountain or the beach by your, you know, with just one, one other person, a few other people, uh, not a big party. Um, I actually read when I was, uh, kind of researching different things that a cruise is something that sets some people, uh, some people off when, I mean, it causes sensory overload for an empath. And so also with that, uh, when you go into the, um, goal setting for empaths or how to set goals for empaths, there's also a guide that I shared within, uh, the Explore, Exploring Clear Audience group that had, um, it was a, a while ago I did a Exploring Clear Audience workshop. And so it's basically this, this chart that I'll include in that. Um, there also in that is going to be, uh, I think I left it in there. I might have to add that on there. Um, basically protecting grounding and enhancing it shows the different crystals the different um smoke cleansing the different colors that go along with protecting enhancing and grounding yourself um most of those things will be um along how do i say that most of the protecting grounding and enhancing works for all the clairs so um that I'll add that chart in there if I haven't already and or you can also get it on the page if you like I could share it here I wonder if I could do that um, but that works really well too but goal setting so I actually spent years as an insurance agent probably I still have my license probably like nine years and I decided at some point that I wanted to kind of get out of doing that and I guess I didn't really share much about myself with you guys um, so I'm just going to share about myself too. So I don't, I must've forgot to do that at the beginning. I got busy chatting. Uh, so Christina had invited me, um, on a training to do the, th make thousands on Etsy, on Etsy as a psychic or a tarot reader. And, uh, so we, I did that. I have a program for that. And Christina, I actually, um, how I kind of started this journey is I took Christina's course um and i absolutely loved it and yeah i actually have christina says are you offering one-on-one -on -one sessions around empath support or psychic development so actually what i did is uh on the 27th i'm gonna release a pre-recorded workshop for empaths that is that goes deeper into goal setting and that's actually going to include a workbook for you so you can continue to set your goals year by year and do it yourself then after taking the course. And I, uh, I until the end or until the 27th, it's going to be 30% off. So that's actually will come in that email too. And I could get that link for you guys as well. Um, so like I was saying, I spent a lot of time as a, as an insurance agent and that's kind of where I learned how to start to set goals. And some of the things that, and you know, insurance, I was, I was, uh, I worked for the duck. It's the best way to say it, I guess. Uh, and so was, um, was there, uh, was a uh, goal setting, by the way, that link is going to come up for you guys. The, to get the 30% off, the discount code is Happy Holidays. 
and that's going to work for any one of the courses in there. Um, if you get it from this, just let me know because I want to uh, be able to add it onto Christina's stuff. So um, basically, uh, I learned how to set goals on, based on the research that I'd done while I was an insurance agent. And, and I talk about it in this email a little bit, but one of the most important things about setting a goal is it kind of like an affirmation. You affirmations are all about intention and spells are all about intention. And I know there's a lot of different ways that you can do that, but setting an intention for something and writing it down is probably the, one of the most powerful things you could possibly do for yourself. Um, I actually have up in my bedroom on my wall, I have a poster that has like, I don't know, I printed some stuff out and taped it on this uh, big poster board. And those were all my goals, whether they be material goals, uh, career goals, uh, family goals, those types of things. I have all of those on there, but you don't have to even go that far. If you open up Pinterest, if you have Pinterest, you can create a dream board on Pinterest. And looking at them and writing things down, uh, it, there's something about writing it down or looking at it that helps your brain perceive it as possible. And so uh, there, I can't stress enough that you should be writing your goals down and not just writing them down, but actually making a plan to achieve them. And don't bite off more than you can chew, of course. Like I'm not gonna be completely independently wealthy tomorrow. I'm not going to be tomorrow richer than, who's the guy that has uh, Facebook, Zuckerberg? Uh, that's unrealistic, so just, if you have a large goal, break it up into smaller pieces, into milestones, and set those as goals. So those are things that I learned while goal setting is, uh, and it makes it so much easier. If you're writing down the things that you're, uh, that you're hoping to achieve, or that you shouldn't say hoping, that you're going to achieve, and imagining yourself and visualizing yourself doing those things, it's gonna help you become more successful with goal setting. And like I said, with empaths, it's a little bit different than a lot of people. Celia says, did you know your home is your living vision board? I didn't know that. Um, I have, I guess I look at it a little bit differently, but I have uh, the vision board that I have upstairs and I also have a board on Pinterest. But looking at things I've heard a lot of stories and even myself, I know that having a vision board is important because years down the road, when you look back at that vision board, you're gonna realize that what goals you actually did achieve and saying it out loud to yourself and reminding yourself is gonna help that a lot. So I'm gonna go a lot deeper in that on how to set it up in that uh, goal setting guide for empaths and then actually be helping people set up their goals and realizing their goals and kind of getting over hurdles that they have, whether it be emotionally or an ancestral blockage, those type of, types of things. That's what I'm gonna cover in the goal setting course for empaths. And even if you're not an empath, that still might be something that you wanna look into. I know most of you guys probably are, but it's going to help you overcome those blockages that you have and 
look at things from a more personal perspective. We all take care of everybody else. And as an empath, it's important to at some point take care of yourself. You can't, um, what do they say? You can't, like on an airplane, you know, the masks dropped and they say, put, put the mask on yourself first. In life, I think as empaths, we like to put the mask on other people and then we're mentally drained by the, and emotionally drained by the time we're done. And it's important just to, to be aware of that because we get drained easily as empaths and we have a lot to give and we're extremely helpful and you don't want to wear yourself out. And if you realize that you're dealing with somebody that's a narcissist and they're uh, like uh, Christina would say a psychic them. I mean, you don't, I'm not telling you to cut off your family members, you know, I'm just telling you that it's easier for yourself if you mentally prepare yourself and then just limit your time around people like that. Um, I am going to pick a number because it looks like we've been on an hour. I'm really excited for you guys. I'm excited um, for oh, that. That discount code, by the way, will come with that email too for the goal setting uh, guide and that happy holidays. So any one of those courses that are in uh, the Psychic Medium School on Thinkific, you can get 30% off any of those. Um, I'm going to pick a number randomly. And we're going to see who wins the, now all I see is myself, the lapis lazuli, the little heart, and the hematite, and the amethyst. And there's probably someone in the group that sells crystals too, I'm sure. So these are all great crystals for empaths. And... Can't be that number. I hope I pronounced your name right. So just email or message me if you're still on here. Message me your address and I will get those sent to you. The number was six, by the way, which is my birthday. So it was a lucky number, apparently. So, and you guys can tag her. That's perfectly fine with me. Okay, so. Gotta get caught up on comments. Thank you, Christina. I want to thank Christina, too, because without her putting this on, we wouldn't have got all the amazing information. I still get to get caught up. We've had amazing presenters already this week, and we've had a lot of great topics. So I'm excited because year or summit after summit, it seems like we get more experience and it's always different. Like every topic seems to be just a little bit different and everybody has different gifts um, and different knowledge to offer. So this summit has been awesome and I'm happy to be part of it. And I'm happy that I'm thankful that all of you guys joined me during the live. And I definitely encourage you to check out that goal setting guide. And if you're looking to set goals and, and achieve big things, 
you didn't hear. Oh, sorry. Caitlin Blumroll Simonelli. I'll, I think I can tag her. It won't let me tag her. Yeah, it was number six. She was the person who commented sixth. So um, I'll tag her when I get out of this. So I, yeah, check out that guide if you're interested in setting goals for 2021, if you want to do big things. I want to be able to help you guys. That's one of the things that I, I love, the whole idea of setting goals and watching people achieve what they want to achieve. And that's going to be a big part of going into 2021 is making it even better than we should say 2019. Uh, I'm just joking, but, but make it better, you know, so we can be achieving goals and make each year better than the last. There we go. Kaz, Kaz, uh, Kaz tagged her. Good. So, okay. I hope you all have a wonderful night and be sure to jump on tomorrow's uh, presentation and Christina will tag the person and there will be a picture and the time down below for the next presenter and the next topic. So definitely jump on and catch that. You can also watch the replays. So if you miss one or you're not able to make a time, definitely go back and watch the replays because they are, every single person has covered such a different topic and they've all pertained really well to the holiday season and different different ways to grow spiritually. So definitely check those out. And I'm happy that everybody joined me. And congratulations, congratulations, Caitlin. And I hope you all have a wonderful night.